Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things of present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is Christ Jesus our Lord. That's Romans 8, 35 through 39. In John 14, 1 through 6, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, there ye may be also. And whither I go, ye know, and the way ye know. And Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? And Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. I want to welcome you back to another exciting message on spiritual awareness with Pastor Davenport. If you're new to our broadcast, we are an Arizona 501c3 nonprofit prayer ministry. We're just a part of Pastor Davenport Ministries, a spirit-filled, Bible-believing beacon of light. We're non-denominational prayer ministry, serving the Lord Jesus Christ, both at Gospel of Faith Church, located in Ash Fork, Arizona, <laughs> as well as here in the broadcast studio here at Fort Mojave, Arizona. We are broadcasting now to 11 countries around the world, and we welcome you this morning. Hello, I am Pastor Davenport, and I want to thank you for tuning in to today's broadcast. This is our Wednesday broadcast, where we are now studying in the book of Acts. We are in chapter 12 of the first church studies. I want to... In our review this morning, I, I have to do this because I ask you around the world to pray for a young man named Jareth. And I've got to tell you this because at the church in Ash Fork Sunday morning, I walked in and a young man approached me and gave me a hug. That was a miracle for Jareth, who was on his deathbed in Phoenix, in ICU. The doctor said that this young man was a miracle. They did not have a medical reason why this young man was alive. And better than that, why he was in intensive care, they told his family that they didn't think he would live. And four days later, or maybe it was seven, seven days later, I believe, he walked out of that hospital alive. That, my friends, is a miracle of prayer, fasting, and your prayers. 
the prayers of all his members of the church, the prayers of all the family, and his mother, in a, fa in a text, ask that we thank all who have prayed for her son. And he is now in church with his wife and soon-to-be baby uh, uh, because they're expecting their first child. So I'm passing that on. A great thank you for all your prayers. Uh, it, it's, it's wonderful to see when the action of a prayer ministry comes to light. So I want to pass that on from his mother, Kim, and his father, Dan, thanking you for the many, many prayers of the prayer ministry and all the family that prayed for in the church, the Gospel of Faith Church, all the prayers that uh, was part of that, that, that wonderful miracle of God. So thank you. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you, Father, fervently for the deliverance of this young man back to his family. We thank you for his deliverance to Christ as he accepts Jesus Christ as his Savior and Lord. And we thank you, Lord, for the many, many, many people that this broadcast has delivered in Jesus' name to the salvation of this ministry. We thank you, Father, for all those that have written in and emailed that tell us that they have heard the broadcast and have come to the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We thank you for those that support this ministry that we can continue to broadcast on the airways. We thank you, Jesus, for each and every listener that we have and will continue to have, Lord, to reach out to the salvation of the lost. We thank you, Lord God, that as we claimed 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14, and people begin to return to the gospel, return to Jesus, Lord, and, and, and heeded that scripture and began to humble themselves and, and pray to the Lord to heal our land. We're seeing the, the most rapid uh, of all things, this, this vaccine coming to light, people getting the vaccine and, and the COVID-19 beginning to, to go back, backwards now and, 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 and subsiding this plague. We thank you, Lord God, for we know it is by your hand, by your will, this is being done. We thank you, Lord. We thank the first responders. We thank the nurses. We thank the doctors. All those that are, are, are in, the, in the medical field that have, have been out there, the first responders, the police, all those, fire department, all those that have been involved in caring for our loved ones. Lord, we just wrap our arms around them and give them a big hug and a thank you, Father, for all that they have done. We thank you, Lord. We thank you for our leaders and those that, that are now stepping up to the plate and doing the things that we must do to wipe out this pandemic. And we thank you for all of our prayer partners and prayer warriors and shepherds of prayer that, that each day hit their knees around this world to step up, get the churches back open, parishioners back in the pews. We thank you, Lord, for all that you do. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, Amen and Amen. Well, praise the Lord. I'm telling you, I was excited. I wish you could have all been there on Sunday at church. Uh, the Holy 
Ghost was present, and I'll tell you, it was a hot time there at the church on Sunday. The Holy Ghost was was filling that church. We opened the windows because uh, it was a it was a fiery service. I'll tell you for sure. Um, we were baptized in the Holy Spirit and fire. That that's uh, Sunday. It was uh, it was a great time. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna be in Acts chapter twelve one through four, beginning with Acts chapter twelve one through four. If you'd open your Bibles, you should have your Bible with you there. Uh, it says, Now about that time, Herod the king stretched forth his hand to vex certain of the church. And he killed James, the brother of John, with a sword. And because he saw it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to take Peter also. Then were the days of unleavened bread. And when he had apprehended him, he put him into prison and delivered him to four uh, quatrons of soldiers to keep him, intending after Easter to bring him forth to the people. Now, if we review uh, part 11, salvation is for everyone. That's what we saw. Even those that we think should not receive it, it's still for them. Jesus died for all, say all, for all who would accept his blood. And it's important to know what the Bible actually says, not one man's interpretation, but for, for everyone to understand that salvation is for everyone. Rather than just take uh, at face value what everyone thinks it says. So learning to hold our peace and learning to walk by faith and not by sight. Now that was my sermon uh, last week, actually on Sunday. To learn to walk by faith and not by sight. You know, many times we look around the world and we see what's going on. But we fail to hear what God says. We look with our eyes and we see. And we, we, when we see with our eyes, that allows us to, to begin to fear. And depression comes in because we're seeing, not hearing. You know... Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But it's not always what we're seeing. It's what we're hearing that matters because that's what, what God is saying. So learning to hold our peace and learning to walk by, by faith and not by sight. And glory to God. Antioch Church, Barnabas and Saul, they step their steps uh, to growing a church. We learned about that and welcomed them to, them to train them. Teaching leads to, to true Christianity when we begin to teach other people. I asked somebody the other day about witnessing this. Well, we don't know how. Nobody will teach us. But wait a minute. Wait a minute. I'm, I'm sure that all of you have been to a church and all of you at one time or another have seen the miracles of God. I'm sure that all of you have seen how somebody accepted Christ and you yourself have seen it and felt it. You felt the, the anointing of the Spirit at one time or another, and you know how that feels. And maybe you were in a church service when someone got saved or, or a miracle happened, and somebody stood up and they said, you know, I had cancer or I had heart disease or I had diabetes, and, and God healed me, and you witnessed that. Well, isn't that what it says, that we are to be witnesses? And you go out and you tell someone your story. You know, I, I tell it all the time. I was a junkie. I was a heroin addict. 
and God delivered me. And years later, I had cancer and, and the VA sent me home and said, listen, you go home. You may have 30 days less. Go home. Get your will together. Say goodbye to your family. Basically, they said, you are a dead man. You're a dead person. That's it. You're, you're done. Go home. Get your things in order. You're going to die. And I did. I went home and I, I said goodbye. I wrote letters to my loved ones. And I went up to a place called Parks, Arizona with my horse. And I, I planned to ride off into the sunset. I felt like Chief Joseph. I laid my blanket down. I crossed my arms and I laid down to die. And all of a sudden it began to rain. I said, it's a good day to die. And the rain began to rain harder. I opened one eye and I said, Lord, it's a good day to die. And it rained harder. And I said it one more time. I said, it's a good day to get a die. And it began to pour. And I said, well, maybe not. And I picked up a blanket and went inside. <laughs> maybe it's not. Maybe it's not your day. Maybe if we begin to witness about how you found God, maybe if you tell your story, that's called a testimony. If you begin to testify about how you found God, maybe if you do it from your heart and inside your soul, that'll touch somebody's heart and they'll say, well, if, if Brother Al or, or Sister Romy or Sister Judy or or, or, or Brother Bick or someone like that. Maybe if that person tells how they were saved, glory to God, maybe it'll touch the heart of somebody else. Maybe if Brother John or, 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 or this person or that person was to tell how they were saved, how they gave up an addiction or something like that, maybe that other person out there that is lost will find Jesus. Teaching leads to true Christianity. And in the capacity of witnessing, you are basically teaching that person how to find Jesus. And then we learned about prophecy. Giving to those in need. Remember the story of Peter and coming to the gate and the beggar, and he says, such as I have, I'll give unto ye. Such as I have, I'll give unto thee. What did he have? He had Jesus in his heart. He could have given him money. He could have given him money, but he didn't. He gave him what he had, Jesus, in his heart. And he said, pick up, the, pick up that bed, stand up and walk. And he did. Because he gave him Jesus. He gave him a healing of Christ. You know, in this world of homelessness that we have, and we have a world of homelessness, believe me. In this world of homelessness, brothers and sisters, in this world of homelessness, why not be like Peter and give such as you have? Give them Jesus Christ. Let them pick up their tent and walk out of that homeless camp. Knowing Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord, as King of kings and Lord of lords, as the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end. Hallelujah.
Glory to God. Somebody lift your hands to heaven and shout amen today. Now Herod is the grandson of Herod the Great, the king that killed the babies at the birth of Jesus Christ. It is interesting to note that his grandfather tried to fight the birth of Jesus Christ, and now he is trying to fight the church of Jesus Christ. Parents often imitate their parents, even their mistakes. And Herod kills James. Now, I don't know why Herod decides to kill James. Perhaps he, he was trying to gain favor with the Sanhedrin. <clears throat> he pretended to be religious in order to, to better control the people of the Roman governor. And James is one of the original 12 disciples. Up until now, the apostles have enjoyed the favor of the people. But now... The church is accepting Gentiles, and the Jews turn against the apostles. This fulfills the prophecy of Matthew 20 and 23. In Matthew 20, 23, And he saith unto them, Ye shall drink indeed of my cup, and be baptized with the baptism, and I am baptized with. But to sit on my right hand and on my left is not mine to give but it shall be given to them for whom it is prepared of my father. And Herod takes Peter captive. After seeing the reaction of the Jews to the killing of James, Herod decides to, to capture Peter. Again, his pretense at religious mandate that he could not kill him right away. So Peter was given the, the four quadrants of 16 soldiers, and Peter had already scheduled to die. In Acts chapter 12, verse 5, Peter therefore was kept in prison, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church and to God for him. Now Peter's in prison. So Peter was kept in prison. The church could not get to see him. Peter could not get out on his own. So the church began to pray. Are you listening? The church began to pray. Oh, the fervent prayer of the righteous. Hallelujah. See, when you're faced with the impossible situation, you suddenly find that you have a prayer life. When those storms of life begin to come against you, suddenly you'll find that you have a prayer life. There aren't any atheists on a crashing airplane. And, there, and, and since I was in Vietnam, let me tell you, there are no atheists in a foxhole either. They begin to pray without ceasing. I'm going to pray till I get an answer. That's what they said. And the church was praying for Peter. They could have been hiding in fear. They could be fleeing the city. They were praying for somebody else, not just their own needs now. They were praying for Peter. And we don't know how many days they were in their prayer, but they kept on praying. They kept on praying. Acts chapter 12, verse 6 and 8. And when Herod would have brought him forth, that same night, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains and their keepers before the door kept the prison. And behold, the angel of the Lord came upon him and light shined in the prison and he smote Peter on the side and raised him up saying, Arise up quickly and his chains fell off from his hands and he was freed. And the angel said unto him, Gird thyself and bind on thy sandals. And so he did. And he saith unto him, Cast thy garment about thee and follow me. He is bound with chains between two soldiers while other soldiers watch the door. 
Perhaps Peter is remembering Jesus in the storm on the sea. Perhaps he has just come to a place where he is totally trusting God. How great to have a clear conscience and to trust in God Almighty. Now, God knows where you are. Listen to me. When the angels comes in, God knows where you are. You might feel like you are in the depths of the deep and the dark prison, but God knows right where you are. And the light shines. That light glows around you no matter where you are. And God's presence can penetrate any darkness that you might be in, any storm that you might be in. You might feel forgotten and abandoned, but God's light can come in and shine upon you anytime, anywhere, no matter how bad the storm of your life might be. The light illuminates darkness. And the light will give you that that bright shining tunnel will light up and the angel begins to wake Peter up. It wakes Peter up. If you'll listen, that angel will wake you up too. If you are in that storm, if you are in the same darkness of your storm, God's presence can penetrate your darkness as well. You too may feel forgotten. You too may feel abandoned sometimes. You too may have that weakness of your faith. But light from God's light can come in and find you. Remember that light illuminates, illuminates around you in your storm. Now Peter's sleep is so deep that he's not aware of what is happening around him like you. When you're in trouble, like you, when you're in need, God will light up around you. Now the disciples on the sea to Jesus, they're saying, hey, wake up, wake up. The same with you. The same with you. When your boat begins to rock, when things begin to go a, a jitter around you, God will wake you up. His angels will encamp about you. No human hand could have broken those locks on those chains. No commando team put together by a church could have delivered him. But God makes a way when there is no way. The most secure part of his lockup is the first to fall away. The door could not be opened. The guards could, not, could be gone, but the chains could still hold him. But God removed the most difficult part of this prison first. The most difficult part of his deliverance, his desire. God can help change the desire of your heart from evil to good. The angel gives him instructions. Get your belt, get your shoes, and get your coat. Peter could not have gotten dressed with, with the chains on. Peter could not have found his clothes without the light. God makes it possible for you and I to follow his instructions every time. He said, follow me. See, our job is not to understand where God is going or even why he is leading us in that direction. Our job is to follow God by faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It's not by sight, but by faith. We are led. In Acts chapter 12, verse 9 through 11, And he went out 
And he followed him and wist not that it was true which was done by the angel, but thought he saw a vision. And when they were past the first and the second ward, they came into the iron gate that leadeth into the city, which is open to them of his own accord. And they went out and they passed on through one street and forthwith the angel departed from him. And when Peter was come to himself, he said, Now I know of a surety that the Lord hath sent his angel and hath delivered me out of the hand of Herod and from all the expectation of the people of the Jews. The angel leads Peter past the guards and right out of the prison, all the way to the door which swings open on its own, even passing through the streets of the city. Through all of this, Peter thinks that he's, he is in a dream. Now I want you to take note of that, that the chains were gone, the doors were open, and Peter was on the street. But he thought he was still bound and captive in the prison. It wasn't until Peter's understanding was opened that he really understood that he was free. Some people are set free, but still are bound. Bound in their own minds, bound by an addiction of their own making. This could happen. This could happen to me. This could happen to you. You may have sinned too much, you say, because your mind is telling you that. I've gone too far away from God, some people think. It is after this understanding that Peter gives thanks to God. Of a surety, for certain it was God and only God that delivered me. In Acts chapter 12, verse 12 and 17, and when he had considered the thing, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark, where many were gathered together praying. And as Peter knocked at the door of the gate, a damsel came to hearken named Rhoda. And when she knew Peter's voice, she opened not the gate for gladness, but ran in and told how Peter stood before the gate. And they said unto her, Thou art mad. But she constantly affirmed that it was even so. Then said they, It is his angel. But Peter continued knocking, and when they had opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. But he beckoning to them with a hand to hold their peace, declaring unto them how the Lord had brought him out of the prison. And he said, Go, show these things unto James and to brethren. And he departed and went into another place. Peter thinks about it. Peter knows where to find the people praying for him. I wonder, I wonder today, do you know who is praying for you? Peter is standing outside the house knocking on her door. She hears his voice and knows that it's Peter is standing there, but she doesn't answer the door. She thinks that it's, it's too good to be true. I've seen people continue to weep and wail for an answer, but, I, but they never stop long enough to listen to what God is saying to them. Your answer might be standing at the door right now waiting for you to stop praying long enough to open the door. I sent a neighbor, I sent a boat, I sent a helicopter. And then they drowned. In Acts chapter 12, verse 18 and 25, As soon as it was day, there was no small stir among the soldiers. What was 
What's become of Peter? And when Herod had sought for him and found him not, he explained the keepers and the commander that they should be put to death. And he went down to Judea and Caesarea, and, and they, they abode. And Herod was highly displeased with them and Tyre and Sidon. But they came with one accord to him. And having made Blastus the king, Chamberlain, their friend, desired peace because their country was nourished by the king's country. And upon the set of Herod arrayed the royal apparel, sat upon his throne and made an orientation unto them. And the people gave a shout, saying, It is the voice of God and not that of man. And immediately the angel of the Lord smote him because he gave not God the glory. And he was eaten of worms and gave up the ghost. Verse 24. But the word of God drew a multitude and it multiplied. Say it again, verse 24. But the word of God grew and it multiplied. That means a multitude of people came to the Lord. And Barnabas and Saul returned from Jerusalem when they had fulfilled their ministry and took with them John, whose surname was Mark. Herod could not find Peter, so he commands his soldiers to be killed. Then he leaves to go to uh, Caesarea. People at Tyre and Sidon come to see Herod to try to gain his favor. While Herod is keeping the speech, they encourage the people to give flattery and praise Herod. And Herod does not try to rebuke the people, but just accepts their comments. So an angel, an angel delivers justice to him. An angel delivers Peter from death. An angel delivered death to Herod. The historian, Josephus, oh, these names, Josephus, states that Herod died within five days of this incident. Those that try to fight against God will find themselves destroyed. Are you listening? The people said that Herod was the word of God, but the real word of God grew and multiplied within this area. The real word of God can prosper even in verse, adverse circumstances. The word of God will multiply. We're moving to Acts chapter 13, 1 through 3. Now there were in the church that was in Antioch, certain prophets and teachers. As Barnabas and Simeon, that was called Niger, and Lucius of Cyrene and Menion, as you know right now, I do not do well with names, which had been brought up with Herod and Tetra and Saul. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I have called them. And when they had fasted and prayed and laid their hands on them, they sent them away. Now, in Acts 13, 4 through 13, So they bring sent forth by the Holy Ghost, departed into Seleucia, and from thence, they sailed to Cyprus. And when they were with Salmas, they preached the word of God in the synagogues of the Jews. And they had also John to their minister. 
And when they had gone through the Isle of Pappas, they found a certain sorcerer, a false prophet, a Jew whose name was Bargius, which was the deputy of the country of, I have all these names to do, Sergius Paulus, a prudent man who called Barnabas and Saul and desired to hear the word of God. But Elamus, the sorcerer, for so his name by interpretation withstood them, seeking to turn away from the deputy from the faith. Then Saul, who also is called Paul, filled the Holy Ghost, filled with the Holy Ghost, set his eyes on him and said, Oh, full of all subtly and all mischief, thou child of the devil, thou enemy of all righteousness, wilt thou not cease to pervert the right ways of the Lord? And now behold, the hand of the Lord is upon thee, and thou shalt be blind, not seeing the sun for a season. And immediately they fell on him amidst of a darkness, and he went about seeking some to lead him by the hand. <coughs> then the deputy, when he saw what was done, believed, being astonished by the doctrine of the Lord. Now when Paul and his company loosed from Paphos, they came to Perga in Pamphylia, and John, departing from them, returned to Jerusalem. Now, God confirmed the words of Paul to the people, even to those in the government. There are false prophets out there, <coughs> excuse me, seeking to turn people away from the faith. So we must be careful who you are following. John, Mark leaves them. He's, he's a calling from God will sustain you. In hardship, in trials and tribulation, a calling from men will leave you discouraged and doubtful. A road got too rough for John because his calling was not from God. And that happens in many churches today. They receive a calling from man and not a calling from God. I want to repeat that. A calling from men will leave you discouraged and doubtful. The road got too rough for John because his calling was not from God. See, God said to separate Saul and Barnabas in Acts chapter 13, 14, and 16. But when they departed from Persia, they came to Antioch in Pisidia and went to, into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and sat down. And after the reading of the law and the prophets and the rulers of synagogue sent unto them, saying, Ye men of brethren, if ye have any word of exhortation for the people, say on. Then Paul stood up and beckoning with his hand said, Men of Israel and ye that fear God, give audience. In Acts chapter 13, 38 and 41, Be it known unto you, therefore, men and brethren, that thou, this man, is preached unto you that forgiveness of sins. And by him all that believed are justified from all, though, all things, which from he could not be justified by the law of Moses. Beware, therefore, lest that come unto you which is spoken of in the prophets behold ye despisers and wonder and perish for i work a work in your days a work which ye shall in no wise believe thou a man declare it unto you so paul in antioch of sida not a not a same not the same antioch like lansing illinois or lansing michigan Paul goes to, to the synagogue, and Paul is following the blueprint of Jesus Christ. Um, 
verse, he, he preaches to the Jews first, then to the Gentiles. So Paul preaches Jesus Christ. He talks about David. He talks about John the Baptist. Uh, he talks about the cross uh, at Calvary. He talks about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. He talks about the forgiveness of sins uh, as something that the law could not do. See, we preach Jesus Christ and him resurrected. God can do things in a single day that would blow your minds. I will work something that you will not be able to believe even if it is told to you, he said. The Holy Ghost must be experienced to be believed. When we talk about the Holy Ghost, when we talk about how people fall in the Spirit, when we talk about how things happen to people that receive the Holy Ghost and fire, people don't believe that unless they see it. In Acts chapter 13, verse 42, And when the Jews were gone out of the synagogue, the Gentiles besought that these words might be preached to them on the next Sabbath. Now when the congregation was broken up, many of the Jews and the religious uh, proselytes followed Paul and Barnabas, who, who speaking to them persuaded them to continue in the grace of God. The Gentiles wanted to be preached to. They're on fire for Jesus. They want to be preached to. Religious converts to Judaism. But they recognized the inadequacy of Judaism uh, and the law of Moses. They hunger for God. And they, it'll manifest itself in a person sometimes. You know, when, it, when you see the joy of a brand new Christian, when you see that they're filled with the Spirit of God, that desire will cause someone to search out the truth of the word of God and to grasp hold of it when they find it. Acts chapter 13, 44 through 52. And the next Sabbath day came almost the whole city together, came together to hear the word of God. But when the Jews saw the multitudes, they were filled with envy and spake against those things which were spoken by Paul, contradicting and, and calling it blasphemy. Then Paul and Barnabas waxed bold and said, It was necessary that the word of God should first have been spoken to you, but seeing ye put it from you, and judge yourself unworthy of everlasting life, lo, we turn to the Gentiles. For as hath the Lord commanded us, saying, I have set thee to be a light of the Gentiles. Are you listening? To be a light unto the Gentiles, that thou shouldest be for salvation unto the ends of the earth. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Are you listening? And when the Gentiles heard this, they were glad and glorified the word of the Lord. And as many were ordained to a eternal life, believed. They believed. Glory to God. And the word of the Lord was published throughout all the region. Woo! I'm telling you. I'm telling you today. When the Gentiles heard this, they were glad and they glorified in the word of God. And they were ordained to eternal life because they believed. They believed. But the Jews stirred up the devout and the honorable, uh, honorable women and the chief men of the city and raised persecution against Paul and Barnabas and expelled them from out of the coast. But they shook off the dust as Jesus had told them. But they shook off the dust of their feet against them and they came into the icon. And the disciples were filled. They were filled with joy and with the Holy Ghost. 
Praise God. You see, they cannot let go of their original uh, convictions. The Jews rejected Paul and Barnabas because they could not let go of their original convictions. Some people will never be able to come to the full knowledge of God because they cannot let loose of this original convictions. It was preached to you, but maybe you refused to accept it. Maybe you said that. Maybe you said, don't, don't tell me about that Christian stuff. Don't dump that Bible in my face. Maybe so. Maybe so. Paul says that they judged themselves unworthy of everlasting life with God. But others, others, are you listening? Others will accept the word of God. Don't stop trying the day of the rapture or the great catching away is coming upon us. Don't stop trying. The majority of the church today is made up of Gentiles. The Jews are considered an unharvested field. We have missionaries all around the world that are trying in Israel, in Palestine, because the Jews are still by a large rejecting the truth of Jesus Christ. The Gentiles were glad to receive the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. They published, they spread, they evangelized the word of God throughout the, that region. There's new converts are great witnesses. New converts are great witnesses for Christ. We must continue to try here at this prayer ministry, here on this broadcast, there at the church. We are looking forward to continuing to witness, continuing the salvation of the lost. But the Jews stirred, stirred up the city against Paul and Barnabas so much that they kicked them out of the city. Paul and Barnabas moved on, a, on an icon, leaving behind the group of disciples who had the word of God, which gave them joy in the Holy Ghost. The word of God will find a way, church. The word of God will find a way. Now listen, as we go into the book of Acts, I want to remind you of Acts chapter 1, verse 8, first and foremost. Because like someone recently told me, how do I do that? But ye shall receive power. Say that with me. But ye shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and all Judea and in Samaria and to the uttermost part of the earth. You are wherever you are listening to the sound of my voice. You are in the uttermost part of the earth. And how, how do I train you to be a witness? If you heard the sound of my voice, if you've heard what I've said, you are a witness for Christ. Because you've listened and you've learned. You've heard the word of God. You've got your Bible now. You've witnessed people receiving the Holy Ghost. You've received the Holy Ghost yourself, perhaps. Or you at least, you've felt those goosebumps on your body when you've heard me preach. You know that there are miracles happening every day. Perhaps you've seen the birth of your baby or someone else. Perhaps you've seen the sick raised up. And they're alive today 
because the miracle of medicine or because the miracle of prayer, that's what you want to witness to. You want to witness because you know that Jesus Christ was hung on a cross and died. And he, three days later, he was resurrected from the dead. You know that Jesus went to the friend, uh, Lazarus, his friend, after four days, and he raised him from the dead and he walked again on this earth. Uh, you know that Jesus Christ, uh, oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, he raised back up from the dead himself. And because we are under the blood of Jesus, every sin is washed whiter than snow. Hallelujah. You know that you are under the blood-bought church of Jesus Christ. Praise God. And you know that you have a place in heaven today because your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. And addiction is wiped clean from everybody Alcoholism is wiped clean from everybody that accepts Christ. Miracles happen today. Cancer has been healed from bodies today because of Jesus Christ. People have been miraculously saved because of prayer, because of Jesus Christ. That's how you witness to people who do not know Jesus Christ. Let them come to the church We'll teach them about Jesus Christ. In Jesus' holy name, amen and amen. I want you to know it's easy to witness to somebody about Jesus Christ. Once you get them, uh, just, just reach out and grab them and bring them to church or just reach out and grab them and, and let the tears flow like they may and tell them that you love them and Jesus loves them. And it's time for them to straighten up. It's time for them to find Jesus and quit following these storms by themselves. It's time that they quit depending on, on drugs and alcohol. It's time for them to quit fighting these battles with the devil all alone. They've got Jesus, and he's the greatest. He's the greatest soldier all of, of, on his own. He'll, he'll form an army of angels to fight their battles for them. In Jesus' name, woo, I'm telling you today, I'm telling you today, you know, we're all in the same boat. We're all there in the same boat. They don't have to fight it themselves. As it is written, there's none righteous, not even one. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But through Jesus Christ, through Jesus Christ, we can have eternal life. Hallelujah. Now, now, let us ponder eternal life with Jesus. For time is short. For time is short. And if you confess with your mouth, the Lord Jesus Christ, and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Hallelujah. I'll be right back with you in just a moment. Well, glory to God. You know, if you're listening to our broadcast for the first time, and you've not accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and you'd like to receive Him, it's, it's not that hard. If you feel like you've been away from Jesus, backslidden, and you'd like to come back to the Lord, come back to the fold, I'm just going to have a, a short prayer to receive Jesus and to come back to the fold if you'd like. 
but it's important, you know, if, if you look around at what's going on in the world today, you'll notice that everything is lining up with the end times. The political fever that's going on in the world today, America is fast, fast approaching the end times. The world is fast approaching the end times. So we need to get as many saved as possible, prepared for what's coming. The Bible is very clear about the great catching away of the church, if you will, or if you prefer the rapture. I know there's 787,796 words in the King James Version of the Bible, and the word rapture does not appear there. I agree it does not. But the great catching away, if it does. So, we need to be prepared to receive the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says upon that day that God will tell Jesus to go and get his children. That will be the beginning. If you've never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I'm going to give you that invitation right now. And if you've, because of COVID-19, not being able to go to church, maybe you've, maybe you've turned to drugs and alcohol to get by through this time of being locked in and depression and despair, kind of gotten away from God. So maybe you too would like to get back to, to a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And that's what this is. It's a personal prayer of commitment. So it says in the written word of God that if, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart, he had been raised from the dead, then you too can be saved. So let's say it together. Father, just, just say it out loud, wherever you are in the sound of my voice. Let's just say it together. Father, I confess that Jesus Christ is my Lord. That's right, just say it together. I make him the Lord of my life right now. I believe in my heart that you raised Jesus from the dead. I renounce my past life with Satan and I close the door to any of his devices. I thank you, Lord, for forgiving me of all my sin. Today, Jesus is Lord of my life and I am a new creation in you. Old things have passed away and now all things have become new in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. My friend, if you said that prayer in sincere faith, 
Spiritual Awareness would like to personally welcome you to the family of God. You certainly are a new creation. And the old has passed away and all things, <coughs> excuse me, has become new. And we at Spiritual Awareness Ministries are so glad that you came upon this broadcast today and that you accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. You've made the most important decision of your lifetime. For Jesus, Jesus is coming back soon. And he is now your Lord and Savior. God has a wonderful future planned for you and a unique purpose for your life. Your life has significance. And now that you are a child of God, there are so many benefits that belong to you. Forgiveness of sin, healing for your physical, your spiritual, your mental state, financial blessings, protection, and the Holy Spirit to guide you and teach you the ways of God. Now, I would pray right now that you would write us and, 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 and let us know either write us or email us. You can email us at spiritualawareness777 at gmail.com or you can send us a letter at spiritualawareness 11042 Fort Mojave, Arizona 86427 and I want to encourage you wherever you are in the world Find a Bible-believing church near you and ask them to baptize you in the name of Jesus for the remission of sin. That's your next step. Tell them that you accepted Jesus Christ on this broadcast and that now you're ready to be baptized for the remission of sin. Now, just kind of raise your hand up towards the computer or whatever you're listening to. May the Lord bless you, keep you, and make his face to shine upon you until he brings you back again. We at Spiritual Awareness, Pastor Davenport, we all love you. And we hold you all up in prayer each and every day. God bless you all. <laughs>